Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. Hope you all are doing exceptionally well on this magnificent Monday. Hope you guys are building momentum for the week um, to make uh, yourself successful in the eyes of God, in the eyes of yourself, in the eyes of people. Hope you guys are having a great start to the week. For those who's watching me for the very first time, my name is Josh Rezzi, also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching the video, like, man, I like that guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be a coach here online. And if you would love to have your questions answered or any one of my live Q&As, make sure you subscribe, hit that bell, and hit all post notifications so you'll know when I go live and have your questions ready, all that good stuff. For those who's been rocking with me for a mighty long time, whether you've been a subscriber for 13, 14 years, or you've been rocking with me as a subscriber for 13, 14 minutes, I want to say thank you so much for trusting what God has entrusted in me, and I pray it continues to be treasure to you. But as everyone is coming in live, hold on, hold on, Josh, coach, slow down. For those who's listening, those who listen on the podcast, those who listening in their in their trucks, their cars, at at work, uh, wherever you listen, I'll say thank you so much for listening. We have a lot of listeners, almost equal, if not more, I think more than actual viewers. So thank you all so much for listening and all that good stuff. But as everyone is coming in live, let me let you guys know about some new things that I have, like my latest book, Facts Over Feelings. How to go from feeling to fulfilling. A lot of people are so stuck in their feelings that they're unable to fulfill their roles in life. And so this book helps you uh, really process. Take 5, 15, 50 minutes or 5 days to really process your feelings so that you can find the facts behind them and get back to fulfilling your purpose. Great book there. If you're looking for a book to help you with wholeness and you want to hold the things in your life better or you want to be prepared to hold the things of life better, this book would be a great resource for you. If you're a uh, struggling in your singleness or you want to know the purpose and how to maximize it, here's a great book for you, The Purpose of Singleness. If you need a good dating resource to see um, how to date God, date yourself and become dateable, as well as uh, ask the right questions to either end the wrong relationship or extend the right one, great book here. If you're struggling with uh, discernment and you want to know whether or not that guy, girl, job, opportunity, whatever is a counterfeit or a counterpart, here's a great book to help develop your discernment. If you're struggling with soul ties, or strongholds, you're like, man, how do I untie these soul ties and uproot these strongholds? Here's a great book called The Purpose of Freedom. If you have students, third grade to seventh grade, great children's book here, as well as if you're struggling with spiritual warfare and you want to better understand how to put on the whole armor of God and maximize it, here's a great book there. All right, here we go. We got the questions here. All right, let's see. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. We rock and roll now. Marie Evans says, what do you have to say about fasting and prayer? Great question. Um, they're great spiritual resources, great spiritual tools that I think a lot of us need to get into the elementary school of and better understand it so that when we're tested, we'll know how to implement it, right? And so what do I have to say about fasting? Fasting is a great resource that oftentimes 95 to 98% of the time has to be initiated by the leadership of the Holy Spirit to make sure that that is is um, utilized in a specific manner uh, for the glory of God and for the strengthening of yourself, right? So fasting can be, now I intermittent fast. Now there's nothing wrong with intermittent fasting for health purposes or just, not. I don't have no health problems, but as far as like uh, bettering your health or uh, sustaining health, nothing wrong. You don't have to pray about intermittent fasting and do research on that, how that's a good benefit to you. But when it comes to fasting, 
you got to make sure you're not fast to the thing, that you don't rush to it. Because if you rush to it and you have the wrong motives, you won't really maximize. See, fasting was designed for God to implement in one's life to ensure that your life becomes aligned to him, aligned to the divine, to ensure that you become even more fruitful, right? Fasting is the pruning of the flesh, pruning of the soul, and, and, and the uh, 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 igniting of the spirit to ensure the one... <clears throat> To ensure we are one with the Spirit of God, right? And so you have to understand that fasting is not about getting an answer. Fasting is getting closer to the answer, capital A, and then everything will be answered from there. As far as prayer, prayer is just a conversation. You have to look at God as a person. That's what makes prayer even more valuable. If you look at prayer as a request only, like you have a request sheet and you put it... <clears throat> in the little box, then, then you're not going to really get much out of it. But if you look at God as a person and fellowship with him with his omnipresence in mind and his omniscience in mind and his omnipotence in mind, then you'll be uh, uh, amazed at how, how valuable prayer is. Prayer is not a benefit to God. Please understand that. Prayer is not a benefit to God. It's a benefit to us. As we communicate, as we vent, as we process, as we enjoy conversation with God, it strengthens our faith. It strengthens our fellowship with him and it produces more fruit in us, right? And so prayer is a great resource for uh, a relationship, for personal development, um, for venting. And prayer is also a great targeting tool uh, uh, for spiritual warfare. That prayer can be maximized by understanding how to target your prayers at demonic enemies, uh, demonic entities and uh, releasing strongholds out of your life, if not the life of others? Great question. All right. Golden Christian says, hey, coach, I have two questions. If it's okay, it's okay. No problem. I wanted to know your opinion on people who say God told me to tell you this. And is it right for women to be pastors? Great question. Uh, the first question is this, or the first answer is this. Uh, listen, anything God tells you through a person, number one, will come with no strings attached. And it will confirm what God has already dispatched to you. Okay. Uh, whatever God speaks through a person will come with no strings attached, meaning there will be no compromising deals. There'll be no manipulation. There'll be no control. Right. But when it comes down or it, uh, or it confirms what God has already dispatched into your spirit, patched into your spirit, you are, it's only confirming prophecies are meant to confirm, not to inform. They meant to confirm, not to inform. Now there may now a prophecy or someone telling you something um, could could bring new to you, but it bears witness in the spirit in you. So it may be new to you. What I mean, like wow, you overwhelmed. But deep down inside your belly, something leaps. Something really um, lets you know that hey, that bears witness, right? And so that's that. Now as far as women's being pastors, um, I'm not well versed in that. Um, and I'm sorry about that. Like there's some things that I'm just not well versed. Um, so I don't want to give my opinion on something that I'm not really solid and definitively sure on. Hope that helped. Please forgive me on that. Cause there's, you can go one or two ways. You can say women are not supposed to be pastors. Women are supposed to be pastors, but I never really was uh, led by the spirit to really divulge into that information. So please forgive me for not knowing that. Um, but, uh, the Holy Spirit is a good teacher, man. He'll let you know. And I, I'm sorry. I wasn't able to answer your question on that. Christopher Trimble says, what's up, coach? What's up, family? The humble one says, how can you pray for me? How, oh, how, coach, coach, can you pray? Okay. <clears throat> coach, can you pray for me? I'm under spiritual attack, uh, special after reading your book and submitting to God. Great. Uh, I have, it's a great opportunity for me to do this for you. 
Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the humble one that when there's revelation, there's resistance. And right now, through the authority that's been given given to me, I come against every demonic spirit that's warring against her right now. I command you right now to loose her. I command you to let her go in Jesus' name. She will fulfill the, the intel in that book to really uh, increase her intelligence for her to be a, a, a useful soldier for the glory of God. So I command you to loose her now. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you through your precious spirit that you will again begin to reveal to her all demonic resources, tools, portals, activities that may be contributing to this warfare. And I thank you, Lord, for revelation knowledge being released into her mind and heart now, letting her know what to let go, what to stop watching, what to get away from so that she could be able to grow in greater peace without being uh, uh, um, targeted demonically. And so, Lord, we thank you uh, for this prayer that she can go back to any time she's frustrated uh, to be able to receive strength, knowing that this anointed prayer will destroy the yokes off of her. In Jesus' name, I command a looser now, again, demonic spirits. In Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. Anytime you begin to go in the right direction, there's resistance. You know you're going the right direction when there's resistance. If there's no resistance, you're going the wrong way. Right. And so that's why my books are very powerful and probably why the enemy doesn't want people to get my books, because I really expose demonic spirits. I really expose demonic plots. And by me, right, I'm going to say this prayer. Father, I uh, come against any type of retaliation for anything that I'm doing now. Um, I seal my family, myself, all my loved ones, properties, everything from any type of retaliation uh, for operating in uh, in your authority. Lord, I just have to pray. Amen. That's important to do as well, <clears throat> because. When I was early on in ministry, I didn't realize that what I was doing was dropping nuclear bombs on demonic kingdoms in people's lives, right? And then I didn't really cover myself. So every time I do any type of spiritual warfare, I cover minds uh, with that same prayer where they can't touch what's mine. Uh, but but yeah, usually my books are, are powerful in that because of the exposure of not just of demonic spirits, but the exposure of sonship, daughtership, and, and what God really wants us to have. So check out those books. I pray it be a resource to you. And don't be scared of them. They, they, don't, don't be scared of demons, man. Don't be scared of them. What's up, my boy Chester? Say, hey, what's up, Mr. Ezzy? It's your student, Chester. What's up, my boy? Good to see you. Thank you for being on my live, man. I'm glad to have you. Great young man there, man. God's got a great purpose for you, my boy. Please don't be discouraged any other way. Jordan Taylor says, hey, coach. How do you discern what God-given gifts you have? Great question. I know you can have many talents and gifts, but how do you know which ones are to be used for your purpose? I told my students today that there's not one tree, orange tree, that has one orange, right? There's not one apple tree that has one apple. Um, they're all of the same cloth. What I mean by that is they may be different sizes. They may be different uh, sweetness to each orange, but each one is an orange, meaning that everything inside of you plays a part to the nurturement of other people, right? So how to discern God-given gifts? Every single one of us are gifted. God-given gifts are gifts um, that are given to you, whether it's in the arts, whether it's in administration, whether it's in uh, um um, uh, just a lot of various things. You know what those gifts are. God desires and designed yourself to be you utilized in every gift thing at specific timings, right? So you got to do a deep dive. What do you naturally do without effort? What do you naturally do well without effort? What are you good at without effort? I am great with words. I am great at people skills. I am by default a wordsmith and a person talented in words. So now, since I found the bottom layer, 
which is words, my greatest gift. Now I can say, okay, what can I do with words? I can write books. I can do videos. I can motivational speak. I can preach. I can teach. I can, I, so many things I can do. All right. And so now I begin to fellowship with God because uh, the Bible says abide in me and let my words abide in you. Right. And so as I abide in the vine, the more things will manifest in time. Right. So my goal is to fellowship to see at what time does God want each gift to manifest. Right. So the importance is is not just discerning because you can't discern without devotion and you cannot be you cannot be devoted without discipleship. And so discipleship begins with a decision. The decision means I got to start spending time with God, devoting my time to him, developing myself for him. And then I will begin to see the divine gift sprouting out of me. But how to discern you discern from devotion. You discern from uh, personal development. You discern from discipleship of God and diving deep into God's word. And in fellowship, you will know. Like for me right now, I don't write a book until I get cleared from heaven. You see what I'm saying? I don't do much of anything uh, uh, as far as like this without being cleared. So if let's say before I did this video, I asked God, I would like to do a video today. Would you like for me to do one? And if I'm clear to do one, I do one, right? Because I want to practice being led. It's important to practice being led by God because if you don't practice being led by God, you're going to be led away from God. And when you practice it, you'll begin to see at different times for gifts to be sprouted. Now, the, there's no there's a difference between your gifts being used and your gifts being underdeveloped. You have to say, OK, even though my gifts are not being used in a big way, I got to make sure they're not underdeveloped underdeveloped. I got to start still developing, mastering my craft. I got to make sure that 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 is developed in such a way that when it's time to be used, it's used optimally, right? And so that's what you got to understand about that. Next one, he said, I know you can have many talents and gifts, but how do you know which ones are to be used for your purpose? All of them are going to be used in a period of time, if not multiple times together. But it all boils down to your togetherness with God, because then he'll lead and guide you to when to start a channel, when to write a book or when to do whatever. Right. Don't put the pressure on yourself to perform. Just continue to stay in the presence of God. Trust the peace of God. Trust the pace of God. And then you will define your that river rising inside of you where it's time to start doing a particular thing for God's glory. Hope that <clears throat> Jojo Davis says, what's up, Coach Josh? It's Jojo out of Fort Worth. How do I stay strong on my journey with no overeating? Well, you have to you have to find a route. This is this is something that was told to me because I used to emotionally eat a lot when I was maybe my um, mid to late twenties, right? Emotional eating for me stemmed from the emotional pressure or the spiritual quote unquote pressure that I put on myself um, to to be successful. And then when success didn't happen at the right time, then I felt myself uh, overly dining, if you know what I mean, right? So you have to understand that the journey is long, and you have to eat in accordance to the journey. Eat in accordance to the journey. If you if you're running a marathon, if you know life is long, then you have to eat in accordance, right? And understanding that okay, how long do I want to live? See, my goal is to be there for my kids' kids, right? And I don't know about kids, 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 but I want to be there for my kids' kids, right? And, and, and there, there, there takes a, a certain level of practice, devotion, uh, 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 rituals, regiments to ensure that I'm present. 
right? And so you have to have a strong why. I said in a previous video, I think I released yesterday, but in a Q&A a couple days ago, I said you have to have eternal goals, generational goals, and personal goals. You have to have an eternal goal. My eternal goal is to hear this at the end of my life. Well done, my good and faithful servant. That's what. I, that's all I care about right now. That then dictates all my other goals. Right? My generational goal is to make sure that I that I increase the value of the Ezzy name. That I make it a, a joy to have Ezzy on the back of the jersey for my children's children. I want to make sure I leave a mental, emotional, spiritual, physical, and financial inheritance for my kids' kids. Right? That's the generational goal. Personal goal is to accomplish great things for God's glory. So having those three goals established will then follow suit and follow through into your eating. And then it will solve all the emotional stuff because you have greater goals than going and, and eating, if they help. Hope that did. Tanina Anderson says, is it wrong to take time to just put my phone down for a week and not answer it when I need to get back? There is nothing wrong. Anytime you find that something is getting you off track, you put it back. If you find that it's getting you off track, put it away, put it back, put it back somewhere. And and because anything, because anything that comes before or gets in the way of you and God is going to drastically affect your faith when it needs to be fulfilled. Like, like I have to fellowship with God now, not for just, not for just today, but for a, a, a tomorrow, there's going to be a tomorrow that I don't, I want to borrow. I want I, I want to be in a place where I can borrow from today's faith, not being sorrowful for not developing my faith today. I want to be able to get into a tomorrow and then I can actually borrow from yesterday's faith, borrow from today's faith to walk into faithfulness the next day. Right. And so if a phone gets in the way, if people get in the way, if things get in the way, then you put it away because the number one thing that you should focus on is your relationship with God, period, because that dictates and determines the, uh, all other relationships. And so anytime I do it all the time, anytime anything gets in the way with me and God, and I feel that is that is causing there to be a little uh, uh, not a rhythm. Because I talked to my students today about momentum. We talked about finishing strong and how finishing strong builds momentum and starting right. I says, when you finish strong, it strengthens you for the next start, right? So if I want to start well, I have to, I have to finish well, right? And in that, it builds momentum. Momentum, everyone who knows anything about working out and exercising, when you exercise four weeks in a row, six weeks in a row, you feel strong momentum. But you take two days off or a week off, it's like starting all over again. And so anything that's trying to get in the way of momentum, you got you to put it away. And that's nothing wrong with that. Jody Real says, how to have patience and deal with conflict in marriage. <clears throat> Excuse me. Jody Real says, how to have patience and deal with conflict in a marriage? I honestly don't feel like I have the patience. Well, Jody, great question. The advice that I would give to you is understand that marriage is a marathon. Marriage is not a sprint. Marriage is a marathon. Patience comes from perspective. So when I look at my wife, anytime me and my wife have conflict, I do not uh, uh, look at her. I discern the spiritual realm. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principles, etc., etc. So I have to always uh, be mindful of the mission of the marriage. 
What's the mission of the marriage? Because if I know the mission of the marriage, I won't miss the spiritual infiltration of my marriage. Because if I keep mindful of the mission, then I won't get so caught up in the conflict that I start now beginning to develop resentment or anything towards my wife. One thing that I realized about patience in marriage is you cannot have any expectations above the bottom floor of biblical expectations in a marriage. I don't, I don't have no, I don't expect anything from my wife. I don't expect. All I do is project. I don't expect. What I mean is I, I just do my part in the marriage. I, I, I serve her with no expectations. And when, because when you have expectations, it stifles the patience. Because now you have this expectation looming over her so that when conflict occurs, there's no bandwidth of patience for her, right? So what helps me to handle conflict is number one, let me help you with this when it comes to conflict in a marriage. Number one, you gotta understand the mission. What is the mission of the marriage? What is the mission of the marriage? And, and what is, number two, what is the spiritual attack designed for, right? Because if I know that everything is spiritual first, then I have to ask myself, what is coming in? Number two, when it comes to conflict, I got to also begin to ask myself, look in the mirror and say, did, how did I contribute to the conflict? What have I lacked in? Usually when my wife gets upset or bothered, or is there any type of conflict? It usually boils down to a lack of balance in me or, or something to a degree. I'm not saying everything is my fault, etc. But I take a look at myself first. What can I do better the next time to avoid this conflict, right? right? And then uh, next thing I also do is I, I create space. So the thing is, early on in our marriage, like, I'm very passionate about my points. My wife is very directed by her points. And if you bring directness with passion, you got an extreme argument. One thing that I learned was, let's, let's get to our corners. You go upstairs, I go for a drive. What I do in my drive, I don't care, I don't, I don't get my, I don't get concerned about what my wife do. I focus on me. What I do on that car ride, I start talking to God. I begin to write, first thing I do, I begin to write the facts of my marriage. Why? was I commissioned to marry her. I go over my mind why I'm with her. What are the facts? Then it subsides my feelings. Then the next thing I think about is what has she done a recently good for me? Number three, I begin to talk to the Holy Spirit to show me anything that I may have done. Created me a new heart, renew me a right spirit. Let me see her the way you see her. So that when I come back to the house, there'll be sometimes I come back to the house and I want to stay mad, fam. I want to stay mad, and sometimes I have the right to still be mad. But when I go up those stairs, because I went to the Holy Spirit first, when I go up those stairs, a smile comes on my face. And I also remember this scripture, don't let the sun go down or rise on your wrath. Because the reason why a lot of marriages fail is because of undealt with wrath. Undealt with emotional issues, emotional resentment towards a person. So what I do, man, I don't, I, I, I have to stay on mission. What's the mission of this marriage? What, why, why did I marry her? Holy Spirit, build a better bond, and the next thing you know, the Holy Spirit opens an opportunity for either me to wash her with the word, or I have to sit there and uh, make sure she feels heard, so that we can continue to go and forward in the things of God. And so if you feel like you don't have patience, you got to change your perspective because perspective will either place, will sometimes place unnecessary expectations on that person. And something I look at your personality and ask yourself, why am I not a patient person? Because patience will have you when you, this is what I need you to do for your, with your wife. 
I want you to develop a, a marital mission statement. What is the mission of your marriage? What is the mission of your marriage? Do that. Because when you write down a mission of your marriage and you have it written somewhere or you have it in your heart, uh, inscribed on your heart, then, then nothing can really tear y'all apart because you know what your mission is. And then begin to have discussion with her. What are your goals? What are your dreams? What are the goals and dreams of the marriage? Because when you begin to have a purpose for the marriage, nothing can pierce into the marriage to destroy it and you have greater patience for it. Hope to help. Dammy says, Hey, coach, last time you were alive, God wanted me to take that as an escape from lust. I didn't, sadly, but feeling those same passion stirring and you're alive could use a boost on how to overcome. Uh, let me make sure I understand it. But feeling those same passion stirring and you're and you're alive could use a boost on how to overcome. Uh, I should add that I'm fasting and definitely burning with passion more than food. I didn't understand this, Dammy. Hey, coach, last time you were alive, God wanted me to take that as an escape from lust. I didn't, sadly. But feeling those same passion stirring and your life could use a boost on how to overcome. Now, how to, you can't escape. The goal is, let me make sure I make this plain. We have to get to the root of lust, the root of the reason why I'm lustful. Lust, by definition, is just an overbearing desire for something. There's nothing wrong with desiring sex. There's nothing wrong with desiring companionship. There's nothing wrong with desiring things. These are things God made. The human flesh oftentimes floods in it different feelings to make it more heightened, make it overbearing to where you need it. You need it for uh, for, for sustainability. You need it for help, right? Anytime you, anytime you need something, that thing can be used to pervert you, right? And so to help you overcome lust, you have to look deeper into lust, look beyond the lust and see what's rooted in you. Why are you lustful? Why are you? Why do you have an overbearing desire for whatever? That lust is being used as a tool to get you to feel a, a temporary moment of satisfaction. You have to better understand lust. You have to say, okay, what is lust in its, in its ultimate sense? What is it designed to do? Next, you got to develop systems around you to aid you in overcoming that lust. And uh, last but not least, you got to uh, totally remove lustful opportunities, right? But last but not least, you got to change the way you think about yourself. Usually those who are gripped into lust don't even know uh, um, wh who they are in God, right? And and lust is is, is just desires uh, over overdone. They're, they're overbearing. They're overbearing because you're bearing something that you should you shouldn't even be carrying. That's something you should have already cast over to God. Uh, what is the root reason? Is it because of unforgiveness? Is it because someone offended you? Is it because you've been touched or whatever? Whatever it is, you have to deal with the root issue if you want to deal with the fruit issue. Because if you want the fruit to change, which is lust, you got to deal with the root of it and uproot it. Here's a great book that will help you with that. Uh, Soul Ties and Strongholds, the book, The Purpose of Freedom will be a great resource to help you get deeper into that and overcoming that. So hope that helped. No problem, damn it. Basically trying to take the escape God has given me. The Bible says with every temptation, he makes a way of escape. I give this analogy to my students all the time. Here's a door right here or if I'm in a classroom. I say... Well, number one thing I say to students, the, 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 the best way to not fall into temptation is to never enter it. The entrance 
of of a building of an establishment of a restaurant is is can be welcoming. Wow, this is beautiful. Look at the marble floors. Look at the columns. Oh wow, the entrance always look better. Usually the back of of a restaurant is not as beautiful as the front of a restaurant, right? The the kitchen is not as beautiful as the dining area, right? But when you enter it, it enter when you enter it, it, it feels good. It looks good, right? But the Bible says with every temptation, he makes a way of escape. Every every restaurant I go into, I always look for the escapes. I usually park by escape doors. I usually sit by escape doors uh, so that no matter what enters my room, I can escape, right? That helps. But we're just talking about this aside for something else. But when it comes into temptations, number one rule is never enter them. But the best way to to not enter them or to entertain them is to understand how they look. Temptations are not going to look evil in the beginning. The entrance of a temptation is not going to look evil. It's going to look attractive. So you got to look inside of yourself and ask yourself, what do I, what am, what do I tend to be attracted to? Because anything that you are attracted to will be things that will subtract from you. So what am I attracted to? What do I tend to be attracted to? So for instance, there, there, just because I got married to a beautiful woman doesn't mean that, 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 that all beautiful women are removed. So what I do is I know for a fact not to put myself in environments because why? What would be a trap for any kind of man? That if I continue to go to certain gyms where certain women go to and I continue to see that every day, see women in the halter tops, workout gears, gym sharks, whatever the outfits are. If I continue to see that every day, then what happens when me and my wife get in a conflict? So I don't even put myself in those environments because I know marriage is work. And if you compare the work of marriage to the easiness of, of, of society, then, then you're going to set yourself up to fail, right? So the best way is to never enter temptation. Secondly, with every temptation, he makes a way of escape. The issue is we walk too deep into the temptation. So when I walk, when I always use my students, when I walk into the room, I say the, the exit is right behind me, right? They say, yes. I said, if you find yourself in a temptation because you may not have been mature enough to recognize the beautiful interest of a temptation, then just walk out the door. That's the way of escape. But the issue is we walk too deep into the temptation. We <clears throat> are deep into the room now. We're, we're, we're in the back, back table, right? And then when something pops off <clears throat> and something occurs, then we're not able to, to, to get out, right? So before you enter anything, beware of the exits. So when you find yourself in a room with a woman or you find yourself in a room with a man or you find yourself in a room in a situation, take some time to ask yourself, is this sent by God? Will God put me in a situation like this? And then run. The Bible says flee and don't leave your jacket like Joseph, right? You got to get up out of there. And so you have to understand that. <clears throat> I know I was all over the place with that. But the best way not to enter the temptation is to never enter it. If you happen to have and find yourself entering a temptation, escape immediately. And you have to understand that not all rooms are nice rooms. Hope that kind of went up. I wanted to hit that. Hey, kid, what's going on? I wanted to answer that question a little bit uh, different, but I might work on it. My wife says, good teaching. Good teaching. Amen. Amen. She must be talking about the uh, conflict resolution. <laughs> Let me talk about that. She might be talking about that. Man, a lot of questions today. Let me um get through these. 
Francine says, hey, coach, I hope all is well. What's the difference between petitioning God for something and understanding his will? Great. Petitioning is just uh, sometimes petitioning is just about venting. Petitioning is asking God over and over again. And, and, and it's not necessarily a bad thing sometimes if you have the right heart. If you're petitioning God, like, please help me understand why this is not in my life. God, give me understanding of my life. Like, there's nothing wrong with petitioning that. <clears throat> but some people petition and they don't really care about God. But petitioning God is just really just telling God your desires. If that's not if every day, right? And understanding his will. So there we go. Okay. Petitioning to understand God's will is just saying, God, make this very clear to me. Right now, I'm talking to my Bible class. Uh, we're in James uh, 4 and 5, what it says, um, "Let uh, if anyone lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generally, generously, right? So now we're talking about uh, lacking wisdom, right? And, and I told him that the safest place is in God's will. And so the difference is petitioning could be just asking, 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 but don't really understand why you're asking. And better understanding God's will just simply means that, hey, God, I just want to know your will, man, and reveal your will to me. And that's the best kind of prayer you can ask. I promise you, if you want God to answer you quickly, ask to be in his will. The real, the, the tough question is most people don't want to give God the will to be in his will. We don't want to give the will to our lives. We, we, we don't mind Jesus being our Savior. We don't mind him being Savior. The issue is with him being our Lord. That means I have I am relinquishing all control of my life to him. That's the dangerous thing about praying for God's will because I have to let go of the will if I want to be in his will. Tyrone says, how to prepare for a fast? Um, number one, you have to ask God, is this a fast that he wants you to go into? Number two, you have to make sure that you understand the fast. So if you feel like God is leading you to a water fast, a juice fast, or whatever, study that fast. Like there's a lot of great resources online that teach you on how to get ready for a fast, what, how to break a fast. Because most people, the uh, your readiness is based upon how you plan to end it. That's how ready you are. Most people start a fast wrong, end a fast wrong, and then be discouraged from fasting. You prepare for a fast by asking God, is this a fast that you're leading me into? Number two, ask yourself, God, what is the purpose of this fast? Number three, uh, uh, begin to study uh, um, the nature of the particular fast that you're in and begin to ask yourself uh, uh, or study to see, okay, uh, what do I need to have around me to make sure that I'm that I'm able to, to actually fulfill this fast to in, in order to gain fruit from the fast? And then, and then take your time in the fast, enjoy the fast, and, and understand the beautiful benefits of it. Um, but in order to fully be prepared, you got to understand how um, how to finish it. So some people, like you can really hurt yourself in a fast. There's people who have died from fasting. They fasted for 30 days or four days, and then they ate a steak, and their stomach didn't have enough acid in it, and it killed them. So you have to study it. Make sure that you fully understand what you're getting yourself into. Hey, Michelle, hope you're well. Jenny Travels, give me one second. <clears throat> I took my vitamins right before. Damn. A little dry. Oh, Jenny Travels says, excuse <clears throat> me. Jenny Travel says, finally, 
I was able to catch you on the live again. We're glad to have you. Hello from Manila. Manila. Was that like a, a thriller in Manila? That was a, a boxing match. So thank you for watching. Pastor, please pray for me. I want to leave my job, but God has not yet opened a new door for me. I pray for you. Let me give you perspective first before I pray for you. Usually the places that God wants us, we're going to hate in the beginning. We're going to hate in the beginning um, because because it's it's not the glamorous job. It's not the dream job. But before you have the dream job, you got to have the developing job. The job that develops you for the dream job, right? Because if you always get so caught up on a dream job, then you'll miss the development of the developing job. The job that God is uh, placing in life to develop you, to make you able to, to fulfill. The job I have right now is a dream job. I I didn't know that uh, God was going to have me in a high school, middle school, or working in the school system. It's, it's a joy. It's a dream job. It's an amazing job. I love it, right? But I didn't know that was about to, I didn't know that was even my dream job. Right. I didn't even know. Uh, but I worked at Harris Teeter. I worked at a grocery store. I worked at a, a, a Wells Fargo at one point. I worked at then I got into the YMCA. I worked at the YMCA for seven years. Then I worked at uh, Briarwood for six years. Now I'm at the school I met for two years. Right. Each job, especially the YMCA job, wasn't as fulfilling as I thought, because while I was doing a YMCA job, I was doing my ministry was taking off. It was successful. Things were going good with it. And I was like, I want to do this and not that. But I didn't realize that the young adult ministry that I was doing then was not the, the was not, was not everything that God wanted me to do. I didn't even know God wanted me in a school system. And then I didn't even know that 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 my wife, that God, the wife that God had for me was fully equipped with this version of my life. But imagine me getting so upset with that job, with the YMCA job. I would have never had this job. Let me give you, let me give you the backdrop. This is your first time probably hearing this story. When I was working at the YMCA, I was a manager there. I, the hours were crazy. I was closing, um, all that kind of stuff. But I did not realize that that job was um, developing people skills in me, was developing patience in me, was developing a lot of various things in me. And I didn't like it. I loved it in the beginning, but I began to get restless and get kind of like drained with it, right? And there was a point where I was looking to work at a mortgage company. I was going to work at Movement Mortgage, and and I was going. To, I was like, I'm just going to go over there, and I was going to try to be like the uh, uh, community guy, the culture guy. Like they had a culture's position where you go in there and you just kind of um, just culture, like the culture guy, like um, coach people, listen to people, make sure that the employees feel great, which was would have been a dream job too, right? But I remember when I was looking for that job, God said, "Ain't the job for you." And I was like, "But God, it, it's like laid on a platter for me, right?" Uh, but not everything is laid on a platter. It, you should not be flattered by everything on a platter because what's on a platter can be splattered, right? And so when I began to realize that, I was like, all right, let me blossom where I'm planted. I shifted my perspective. Instead of going into my job, being upset that I was there, I said, let me set myself there and blossom while I was there. And this lady kept coming in at my uh, YMCA every Tuesday and Wednesday. And my natural personality is very bubbly. And so I was welcoming everybody all that kind of stuff. She comes in. One day she says, are you looking uh, for another job opportunity? I thought it was some pyramid scheme, but I didn't know that it was a, a pyramid stream, that there was something that was going to try to stream me up to where God wanted me. And then I said, I say, sure, what is it? And she said, we're looking for a, a behavior manif a management, a behavior modification technician or something like that, dealing with kids with behavior problems. And I said, I don't have no experience. I was like, I don't know. What am I going to do with that? And then the thing about God is 
is that it don't matter what your qualifications for, he'll qualify you. And so she was like, you needed to have, you need to have like a, a, a bachelor's degree or something like that. I said, man, I don't got no college degree. So I said, this job must not be for me. The next day she said, I really want you at this school. So all you have to have is a high school diploma. Do you not understand that when the favors on your life, it doesn't matter what you have or don't have. God will qualify you. God will put you in position. The next thing I know, I was right into the school system, started a mentoring program, writing children's books down. I'm married to a wife who, who's, who's got programming, kids programming, and who would have thought? I say that to say, where you are right now, just blossom because that right there is setting you up for your dream job. If you cannot last your development job, you won't be able to stand long on your dream job. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for giving this young woman the revelation of why she is planted where she's planted. I pray, Lord, that she begin to blossom, let her leaves grow, let her flowers bud, and let the fruits develop um, so that people can see the value in her. I thank you, Lord, that whatever is causing her to be strained there, that she'll see it as an opportunity um, to be stretched, to be pruned, to be uh, uh, to have understanding of why she's there, Lord. And we thank you for this prayer she can come to every moment any time to give her strength to endure. And Jesus, we do pray. Amen. Hope that story helped you and not and not only just you, but others as well. Maybe time for two more and I'm done. Uh, let me scroll down. Let me see. Oh, my wife's laughing. I don't know what you, what you laughing at. I said something funny. Man, you see, that's why she married me because I'm funny. Not funny. <laughs> Hilarious, I should use. <laughs> anyway. Jessica J says, how do I divorce myself from the opinions of others when they tell me things that are opposite of the words of God or being kind? Let's just say while I'm away, I always have people speaking to me and no moment of silence. Well, Jessica J, that's just how people are. Opinions don't matter if it doesn't come from someone higher. They don't matter. My mindset has shifted over the years to the point to where it doesn't matter what anyone has to say. I am solidified in what God has already said. That's why oftentimes there's a prophecy video that I, I received years ago that I just listened to over and over again. Um, because I always want to remind myself of what God has already said about me. I love my mom for this. My mom always told me since I was a kid that I was uh, chosen, not called. My mom always reminds me of the day that when I was about to be born. And, and she said she felt the spirit of God come into the room and said, don't name this boy whatever the African name my dad was going to name. He got two out of the three. He got Ejike and Eze. But, uh, but God said to call him Joshua for he'll be a great leader. I'm glad I was reminded of that. I'm glad that my dad told me that my last name means king and that, that you a chief in Nigeria. Like I always remind myself of, of the positive things that were spoken of me over my parent, by my parents and also what I already know God has already spoken over me. Now, you may not have a prophecy or you may not even have parents, but <clears throat> it's apparent that God has spoken something to you because you want to do something greater, right? So do, how to divorce yourself from other people's opinions, I want you to write down their opinion. Write down every opinion a person has said over you that is stirring inside of you. S write it out. Then I want you to write beside it, whether on the left or the right, the opinions God has for you. Generally and specifically. Generally mean go into God's word and find out what does the word of God say about you. 
and then get specific in what God has spoken about you. And every time you feel their opinion bothering you, you bring that sheet of paper out, you bring your notes in your phone out, and you begin to see how there is no comparison. And that you have to begin to really process, do these opinion really matter in a grand scheme of things? If they're opposite of God's word, then they're, op they're opponents. If it's opposite, they're an opponent. They're, they're demonically infused, used individuals to get you off the queue, to get you off of your, or off of your uh, place in God. If they're opposite, then it's an opponent. And you don't even get mad at the opponent. You have to understand that the opponent is being demonically oppressed to get you off your press. Right? And so that's why you got to say if it's opposite, then you must be an opponent. And what I do is I don't uh, get into altercations with opponents. I just go about my life. Now, if, if sometimes you have to give those pe certain people your absence. If they can't speak positively in your presence, then you, they have to feel your absence. Some people just have to feel your absence in order to understand the value of your presence. And that's what makes you a present. If you don't want to open and see the gift that's within, then I'm going to present this present somewhere else. And so if they're opposite, if what they're saying is opposite of what God has spoken to you, then they're an opponent against you and you don't have to give them opportunities to be an opponent. So now you got to reiterate what God has spoken of you. Say it every day. Speak it every morning. Remind yourself of it so that you can rise above whatever stuff they're shoving at you. People always got something to say because your growth makes them uncomfortable. People get very uncomfortable when you grow because a lot of people are slow, but don't let slow people hinder your flow, right? Just continue to grow because people hate when you mature because you become a mirror by your maturity. Your maturity becomes a mirror of their immaturity. And that's just people for you. You know who really is good for you when you grow. Those who grow with you are good for you. Those who got something to say about your growth want to keep you grounded where they are so that you'll never soar like an eagle. Chickens can't fly. Chickens are scared. Eagles soar. And so the moment you start taking flight, you'll see who's really chickens and eagles. Hope to help. Hey, man, if they always got something to say, then go about your way. And because people use their words as lassos to keep you at a place longer than you need to be. So give them silence so you can have a moment of silence. Hope that. Thank you for answering. You did help me. God gets the glory. Oh, I better get out of here. Amen. The humble one said, purpose of freedom. Y'all, a great read on. Thank you, coach. Uh, that book is powerful. Listen, this book right here, all these books are powerful. But this one right here talks about soul ties and strongholds. It gets deep. It gets real deep, man. <clears throat> and letting you know why you're still held on certain things. And the demons don't want you to have freedom. So I understand why you was going through some of that stuff. Oh, my wife said, that's good. I think that might be a sign. We got to go watch Cosby Show anyway. Let me get let me get on all out of here so I can um, fulfill my husband duties, man, and make sure I give her the time that she deserves. So I love you all. Thank y'all so much for watching. I pray y'all was blessed by this. Uh, let me make sure I scroll up. Did I forget? Uh, I thought I saw one that I wanted to answer, but I might have.
Oh, my bad, Jody. Jody said, I'm not married, by the way. Okay. Yeah, prepare yourself. Practice. Pay oh, this word is for you, bro. I was in my car coming from the gym. And a word hit me in my stomach. And I don't know if I'm going to do a video or it was meant for you, bro. Uh, he must want me to tell you to practice patience. Those two words dropped in my spirit strong. Practice patience. Utilize every opportunity around you to practice patience. If you can master patience, you can master anything, right? Patience must have its perfect work. The Bible says, count it all joy when you go through trials of various kinds. Knowing this is the testing of your faith produces patience. And let patience have its full effect or its perfect work so that you may be whole, complete, and lacking in nothing. The goal in life is to realize that you lack nothing in God, that you're completed in Christ, and that you're whole enough to hold, right? That's the goal. God wants to get you to a place of wholeness, completeness, and realizing that you lack nothing. Because when you realize you lack nothing, you can do anything. All right? But the process to get there is, number one, you have to count everything as joy. Because everything around you is being used as a tool to develop you. So I count it all joy when I go through various trials, knowing this, that my faith has to be tested in order for my faith to be trusted. So every time I go through a various trial, and the reason why God gives us various trials so that we can be versatile, God is not looking for butter knives. He's looking for Swiss army knives. He's looking for something that can be used multiple in various ways. So he has to give you various trials to make you versatile. And I have to know that my faith must be tested because if my faith can't, if not tested, I can't be trusted to stand in faith to see God fulfill things in my life. Next, I have to understand that tested faith produces patience. So the things around you are testing your faith. Don't get mad when you test it because you test it to be your bestest, <laughs> right? So when you're being tested, you're knowing that you're being stretched into a different realm of, of, of patience. And when you become a patient to Dr. Patience, then you will begin to be prepared to endure marriage. Marriage is more than just the sex, the good meals, the, the, the joys of it. It's work, fam. Marriage is work. And if you are not allowing, if you don't allow patience to work on you, you won't be patient enough to work the work of marriage. And so I'm telling you, marriage is more than just the sex, it's more than just the meals, it's more than just the thrills, it's more than all that. It's work. And if you don't allow your singleness and, 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 and the patience in it to develop you, then you won't be able to be patient through and through what God's boo for you uh, because it's work and it's a good work. It's not a bad work. Listen, when you're prepared to work, work is fun. <laughs> but if you're lazy, you don't want to work. That's why people are too lazy to be in love. <laughs> Some people are just too lazy to be in love. You don't even know the work of love. People look at the glamorization of love, but don't know that love requires work. Lust is easy. It's easy to have sex in a car. It's easy to have sex near and far. It's easy to do all that stuff. It's easy. Love... Listen, it's, it, like I tell all the time, it's easy to make lust. Making lust is easy because there's thrills behind it. Oh, my, oh, is someone going to catch us in the car? Oh, it's a thrill in it. Making love with someone that you don't always like, that's work. And if you don't know how to work love and you're too lazy for love, then you're not going to be lifted by love to actually love a person 30 years, 40 years from now. Love requires you to look beyond the body, look beyond the face, look beyond what they offer and see the purpose of why they are joined to you.
And so some people just the convenience of lust compromises the, the real work of love. And, and when people begin to get into marriage, lust was proven to be easy. Now the demands of love is causing them to want to throw gloves and then you don't never rise above the demonic tactics that's coming to cause you to, to not be successful. Hope that helped. Chester, thanks, Mr. Ezzy, for that good word from the Lord. God gets the glory, my brother. The kid over there laughing at me. Finally caught alive. How? What are the odds? We're glad to have you. It's okay to be late. You can watch the replay. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, the Holy Spirit, I'm glad he's speaking. Let me go. Love you all. Thank y'all so much for watching. I pray this was a blessing to you all. I wasn't planning on going for two minutes, but maybe that's what God wanted me to do. And thank you for to my wife for giving me liberty to do it. Uh, but the, this book, check out the books that I have, like Facts and Feelings, how to process the facts to find the feelings so that you can get back to fulfilling what God wants you to fulfill. Great book there. If you're looking for a book to help you hold things better or prepare you to hold things better and you want to be whole for it, great book there. Uh, also card games. Oh man, I gotta, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do some graphics and videos for my cards because these, the cards are, are where the genius is, man. Just go, go to my website, check out the card games. I'm a, I'm gonna create videos on how to play them so that you guys can understand those a little bit more. Those are great resources. Also, if you want to know the purpose of your singleness and learn how to maximize a great book right here. I've, I've sold a lot of books of this. This book is my number one selling book. Uh, it's a great resource, great tool. Also, if you're looking to date God, date yourself, become dateable, to date to love your life forever, and to learn and to know how, know and to know which questions to ask to either end the wrong relationship or extend the right one. Great book here, and this book also comes with a card game as well. Not comes with it, but you know what I mean. Um, great card game. I, I got to give better graphics. I'm, I'm gonna get to it, but it's a it's a fun game to just to just to get to know the person that you're in a relationship with. If you want to learn how to discern things better. And to determine whether it's a counterfeit or a counterpart, uh, whether it's a person, place, opportunity, whatever, great book there. If you want to learn how to untie soul ties, outreach strongholds, great resource there. Great children's book for third graders, about six, seven graders. Also, if you want to learn how, uh, if you want to learn more about spiritual warfare and how to put on the whole armor of God and to maximize those resources, great book here. We also have T-shirts and all that good stuff on our website. All available on my website, imunplugged.com. Also, we'll be doing one-on-one -on -one coaching coming up soon. I know I said that before, but I don't know what a week brings. And so just submit your request. Let me know what you uh, want to do. All that good stuff. I'd love to help you. Also, if you want to give the support what I do online or offline with my students, uh, go to my website, imunplugged.com. We appreciate your generosity in advance. Your support helps us do a lot of things, especially this summer where we get to plan the next school year and begin to plan uh, what God wants me to do here. So I appreciate y'all's generosity in advance. Love you all. I'll go ahead and post that link now uh, for those who want to support. Uh, let's see. I think I got the link here. Uh, and my website's there as well. Love you all. Thank y'all so much for watching. Y'all be blessed. i catch y'all on the flip side. Don't flip on the wrong side, though. In Jesus' name, we do pray. What is wrong with me? I'm tired, y'all. Did I just throw a prayer in there? Anyway, love y'all. Peace.